Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a relationship expert, executive consultant, and life management coach. Cynthia Hyatt uses her 30 years of experience as a licensed psychotherapist to now offer in-office or concierge services through executive life coaching, consulting, and image management in order to help you be your own best version. Cynthia also specializes in speaking to groups worldwide about how to be successful in relationships, as well as artfully handling life's challenges. She has had many opportunities to present numerous educational seminars and lectures on a variety of motivational, inspirational, and mental health topics around the world. Please take a moment to visit her website at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's Cynthia, H-I-E-T-T.com. Her Facebook page at Cynthia Hyatt Incorporated for current events, updates, and inspiration during your week, as well as all social media platforms. You can hear this show as a podcast on iTunes and many other podcast services. Follow her on Facebook and Instagram. Now, with today's fresh insight, here's Cynthia Hyatt. Well, good afternoon. Thank you so much for joining me today. I am Cynthia Hyatt, your host, and grateful that you are tuning in. If you're a new listener, make sure you visit my website at CynthiaHyatt.com, and it's spelled exactly how it sounds, C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T. And there's lots of things on the website for you. You can also, if you go to the bio, click on the link, and you will get study guides as that correspond with the show, as well as different just encouraging types of things that we want to send you. And I, and I want to really encourage you as well to get a copy of Be Your Own Best Change Agent. And we've offered that as just, you know, a freebie. So I want you to really take advantage of that one as well. Well, it's very exciting times because my book that I've been working on for five, probably five years now, is complete. And I am very excited to tell you about it. And I will make sure that you have some ways to also hear more things about it. So this book is called Wars to Peace, When Relationships Go Nuclear. And it is the human manual. Uh, And this is a very long book. But it is just filled with all the years of therapy that I have done with clients and just insights that I have about how to really enjoy the person that you are purporting to love. And not just tolerate them, but actually like them. Because there's nothing better than liking the person that you love. You know, I've said before on this show, we... There's lots of people we love, but we may not really like them very well. (laughs) So this really helps to like the person that you love. So when we look at this, the first segment, it has three segments to it, and it is quite a long book because it is a manual, actually. And the first segment, we talk about the human condition and whether or not peace is possible. So I want you to take a moment and just imagine what your life would be like without anxiety attacks, without shouting matches with your partner, your spouse, your kids, coworkers, your husband, you know, your wife, and without weak, you know, week-long standoffs, maybe with your girlfriend, and when you have no idea what you've done. The overused, quote-unquote, I'm fine, (laughs) right? We all say this, oh, I'm fine. No, I'm fine. 
And it's a passive-aggressive statement, actually, because these comments always follow, I'm fine. And, the, and what happens to the interaction with you and the person that you're really wanting to love and like as well is that it shuts down any communication that you could possibly have. Everything then becomes ignitable. So you know how badly you feel when you lose control of yourself. You know, maybe it's on an innocent friend, a random driver, and even worse, think of the time you undermined the legitimacy of your own hurt because you lost control of yourself on the person who actually hurt you. So I imagine, you know, you must be so whatever, quote unquote, over it all. Over all the chaos, the misunderstanding, the misperception, the hurt, confusion, stress. How about crazy feelings, right? And all those unresolved issues. And peace would be such a relief. So can you imagine that kind of freedom? Well, believe it or not, this kind of peace is possible for you. And this is part of where we talk about that this is a relationship book. And if you're looking to better your relationship with your partner, these concepts are going to really help. But we're not going to confine it to just simply principles of intimate and romantic relationship. This book that I have written is the book about universal truths. It works in all the different types of groups that you are going to be interacting with. It's effective with all relationships, no matter how young, no matter how old, how educated, whatever part of the country or the world that they come from, it really, really works. And so this is really you considering that there are some methods and protocols that really work. And we see this with first responders. You know, you'll be able to implement much of what they employ during war and emergency situations, such as the ability to control their bodies and their minds. See, they must be able to have calm in the midst of mayhem. And this is a way to make safe decisions for themselves and those that they're trying to protect, as well as decisions that create a long-term success. So these principles can and will influence every interaction that you have. And they work with, you know, your girlfriend, the mail carrier, your personal trainer, your husband, colleagues, bag boy at the grocery store. They work with our friends, our relatives, random strangers. And these are keys to really be successful and it will change your interactions with others. And you won't be that person that goes, oh my gosh, here he comes again. Or did she have to show up? You know, that you won't have to feel that on an ongoing basis. See, this book is really what we call a lifestyle makeover. <laughs> so as we navigate through life, the truth is that we're going to encounter rude and obnoxious, unreasonable, angry, irritating, and hurtful people. I know this, embarrassingly enough, because I've been one of those people. So when we're tempted to hide from life and to avoid all the crazy... We have to remember that we can't hide from ourselves or others. We need to learn to live at peace. And keeping the peace means learning how to get through the next moments without going nuclear on someone. Keeping the peace means taking a deep look at ourselves, getting to know the tools in our own toolbox, and this is what you're going to be learning if you are able to get this book 
and you're going to then also get a toolbox and you'll be able to have all kinds of things that you are going to need as you go through your daily life and interacting with different people, all kinds of socioeconomic, you know, levels, uh, different races, different religions, different sexes, and you will really feel confident about how you're interacting with them. And it isn't because you gave up yourself. So this is what you're going to learn, is when and why we do these things. Why do people do some of these things? And so through the practices in this book, you're going to gain confidence to know yourself and know others. And otherwise, you're going to be slogging through bad feelings all the time. And more often than not, enjoy people, right, for who they are is kind of like a, a dream that never comes true. And so my goal is for you to learn how to create and keep peace everywhere you go, if it is at all possible and wise. Now, there are times we go to war, absolutely. There are times that I have done that in my office with clients. I have done that with different relationships. But going to war isn't my first thing to do. I use all these other ways to help the situation before I absolutely go to war on somebody. So the book, the practices that you learn in the book, you're going to gain confidence because you're going to know yourself. And I'm not talking about some like, you know, kumbaya thing, right, where we're all holding hands around the fire and, you know, no, and I'm also not talking about, you know, that famous saying, serenity now, you know, as famously parodied, that's, I think, on a Seinfeld show. So what I'm talking about is real, genuine, lasting, practical peace. Moreover, being a peaceful person does not mean you're walking around weaponless. Being a peaceful person doesn't mean humiliating yourself and just taking it or accepting abuse. See, practicing peace does not necessarily tell you that you just have to take it. And maybe you just need to, like, try to be nice and, and smile through the whole entire thing. Or that you're not allowed to end a relationship. See, you're going to be more prepared and you will know when and if you need to go to war. And if you find yourself going to war, you'll know how to do it honorably. See, that is one of the things I have found to be so helpful, profound, encouraging, is that I have been able to learn how to go after people, really, really confront them in an honest, maybe very difficult, not comfortable way, because I'm doing it honorably. I'm not hitting below the belt. I'm not losing, you know, my, my whole entire insides. I'm not vomiting, you know, emotions on the person. I'm really able to control the delivery that I give to the person so it's harder to refute. It makes it harder for them to argue with me because I'm not trying to win. I'm trying to get along. And there are some people I have come to find I will never get along with. <laughs> but you know what? I can still be nice and polite because that's part of who I am. So I'm not going to let that person change who I am because they don't control themselves well or because they have all kinds of judgments that they have, have bought into. And so I'm able to walk away from a situation, not necessarily feeling good, like, oh, all warm and cozy, but I can feel good about how I handled myself. 
And I don't have to then think about, should I apologize for that? Do I need to go back and try to re-explain myself? I can walk away knowing that I did a really good job. And if that person is wanting to have a relationship with me, they also have an understanding of what's required. That you can't just show up, vomit all over me, beat me up, right? And think that we're going to be best friends. It just doesn't work like that. Unfortunately, for some of us, it does work that way. That's what this book is about. I don't want you just to be taking it. I don't want you to be walking away thinking that you're a bad person because you confronted somebody. So I'm glad you're listening today, and I'm excited, so excited about this book. So this is Cynthia Hyatt with Wars to Peace. Join me in the next segment as we talk more about what it means to really have a peaceful relationship. Well, welcome back. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host, and you are listening to Conversations with Cynthia. Make sure you check out the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. And if you go to the bio, there's a link there, and you can get lots of really amazing goodies that will really help you in the journey of really being the best version of yourself. Not copying somebody else, demeaning yourself, or trying to remove parts of you, but to really be able to be the best version of you. So I'm talking to you about this book that I have finally completed, and I have to tell you my husband is very glad (laughs) that it's finally done. It's probably taken me about five years, and it is called Wars to Peace, When Relationships Go Nuclear. And this is really a book about the human condition and how we can really champion ourselves without harming other people. See, I don't have to just roll over and let someone mistreat me. You know, and I don't have to actually, like, go after them and make sure that they're not even able to think after they leave a conversation or a fight with me. See, it's not about that. It's about you knowing you and knowing where you end and the other person begins. It's about knowing your own worth, your own value, and your value system. And what you will, like we've talked on this show about, what I'm going to fight for, die for, right, Am I going to fight for this? Am I going to, am I going to die over this? And so this is important to recognize what's really my value system. And so the book is going to equip you with life-changing information about human relationships. And it will truly transform the way you perceive people in your life and how they respond to you. And my, my husband is a great... Um, <laughs> He's a great resource when it comes to this because, you know, he's he's not a, a therapy psychology guy. You know, he certainly respects what I do and loves what I do and and really believes in what I do. But he's not one of those guys that would go buy a self-help book, okay? So when he was able to say to me, I love this book, Cynthia, I mean, that meant everything because he's a man. And he's not like the population that would typically want to read a book like this. So what this does is it really helps you to perceive people correctly and to decide how you want to respond versus reacting. See, all relationships matter. Even those minor interactions that we have with people that we see in passing, we are so easily affected by even the smallest positive or negative experience. 
See, really think about this. Think about the person who gave you their parking place or the person who stole your parking place, purposefully ignoring or rebuffing you. So this is what I want you to think about. We don't have to go about living life recklessly or governed by our own negative experiences. The more that you know yourself and the better you learn the art of self-control, and believe me, it is an art, the more resilient you become. So this doesn't mean when I say that you're more resilient, this doesn't mean that you're better able to take abuse, okay? This means that you know how to protect yourself in a way that's not abusive. You know how to come out of a really painful relationship or a very difficult interaction and not have all that regret. Like, I should have said this. I could have said this. Why did I say that? I can't believe I said that. Now they're not going to even know how I really felt or what I really need. And so this is what happens is that people will begin to have a better and better experience of you. And in turn, you will have better experiences of people. Because in a lot of ways, your expectations are going to be appropriate. So we're not going to lower our expectations unnecessarily. And we're not going to have these high expectations that we walk away with our hopes dashed that nobody will ever get me and nobody will ever love me. So ask yourself, why should I have to keep the peace? Why is it my responsibility? Well, you know, this is a valid question. But keeping the peace and controlling yourself does take a lot of energy and patience. So for the sake of argument, how much do we alter our environments for our pets or our children? Think of how understanding we are of a dog who chews up our favorite pair of shoes. And we all know how creative we can get in order to hide the things we don't want our dog to chew up. So let's talk about how much money you spend on cat litter, silly toys, so we can have a happy cat in our home. How about the elaborate lengths we go in order to baby-proof our house? You know, we actually went from a sports car to a minivan, right? So why would we not show the same deference to our counterparts and contemporaries? Why would we not try to live together well? Just as well as we try to live well with our dogs and cats and children. And not that we accept, you know, bad behavior, but we accept and work with the natural differences. See, every human is unique. Every human needs to be learned. And the more you learn you, the better you will be able to help the person understand you. The more you know you, the better version you're going to be. And people will get a really good experience of you, even if you're not having a good day. And so this only, the, the only way you can work towards this peaceful environment is really focus on managing yourself. This is because you are the only one who can control yourself. And really think about that. Do you see people controlling themselves in prison? No. See, it's an effort. It's, it it's, means we have to put effort and work into ourselves to control ourselves. See, you really are the only one who can control yourself. We can try to control you. This is why we have police, why we have pastors, I guess, why we have therapists, moms and dads. But we can't really control people unless they want to be controlled. 
So adults are responsible for themselves even when other adults are not responsible. We have all, and myself included, needed and wanted to change people. See, I understand wanting people to change. In fact, this is one of the reasons I wrote this book. Because I know what it feels like to be so affected by other people's moods and behaviors. And that it feels as if I'm almost being held hostage by them. And I know what it feels like to want people to stop. To stop doing what they're doing so I can feel okay. So if you're familiar with the term codependency, this is actually deeper than that. Now codependency and understanding it is a very important concept. So you can control yourself and how you respond to the environment around you. You can learn to understand your own body, your own heart, and your own mind. See, when I control myself, I always like myself better. I tolerate others much better, and I do not take things so personally. So as you work on your own health, people around you will seem to change. But in all actuality, what is most likely changing is you. See, your attitudes, your actions, your experiences, when you're not as affected by the moods and behaviors of others, you're much better able to love them, to appreciate them, and to more fully enjoy them in a wholehearted manner. Now, this doesn't mean that we're accepting bad behavior. It means that I'm a grown adult, and I can set boundaries, and I can ignore and delete things. So we're going to talk about what I call the ignore-delete button in the next segment. Thanks for joining me. I'm Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Well, welcome back. You're listening to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host, and thank you for joining me today. And we are talking today about this book that I've been working on for five years, and it is finally completed, and it is called Wars to Peace, When Relationships Go Nuclear. And it really, truly turned out to be the human manual. I mean, it really is. It talks about the human condition in so many different ways. And it really is a manual, and I think you're going to really enjoy it. And so, no matter how complicated the situation is, or the people are, see, the secret is, I am no longer complicating matters. That makes a huge difference for me. I don't have to walk away with, you know, feeling distraught, feeling stupid, feeling ridiculous, feeling like I might have to apologize. You know, I can walk away saying, wow, that was... That was messy, but I don't have to feel bad because I handled myself well. And so by learning to be the best version of you, you will more likely than not find yourself a new and more mature partner. It's the law of attraction. You attract people who are like yourself. When you're a higher functioning person, you attract higher functioning people. Picture a staircase. See, it takes much more effort to walk up the stairs than to walk down the stairs. And I think of emotional intelligence and higher functioning as similar to that of various levels of a staircase. On this staircase, you only pair up with the people on your step. Maybe the step below, maybe a step above. People three or four, five steps away from you are simply unavailable. Even if you can see them 
and try to talk to them, you can't get to them. You can't walk alongside of them or be close to them. This means if you're not meeting the right people or consistently find yourself with people who disappoint, then you may need to put more effort into moving up the stairs, which means you may need to change some behaviors, some thoughts, and work on managing feelings. So people with the same emotional language attract each other. And people are better able to connect. They are more attractive. They're less stressed when they speak the same emotional language and have similar functioning abilities. So when we talk about this idea of wars to peace, what really started this whole thing was I recognized that, you know, the, the, the um, military's DEFCON approach. And this, the military still uses it, and I'm sure you've heard of it in many ways, that it is the countdown of, of how we are going to know what, what level we are going to interact with another country. And so when we think about DEFCON and really why this is so helpful, what it does is it helps me to figure out where I'm at. And so what will happen is I begin to better than, than ever manage myself. So I want to give you a little story, and this is kind of how this book started. See, it was this beautiful day, and my husband Michael considered it perfect for getting some physical work done. So he's driving down I-17 toward the dump. He sees the sunshine. He has a sense of pride. He's finally clearing the deck of all the debris from his demolition of my kitchen, right? There's junk in the bed of the truck. It's rattled and shifted as he drove, and he knew he had done his best to strap down all the material. After all, you can never be too careful. Well, as he glanced in his rearview mirror, he noticed a pickup truck following closely behind him, and he thought, that's kind of strange. So he slowed down a bit to make it clear that he didn't mind being passed. Well, the truck stayed right behind him. Before Michael knew it, the truck was pulling up alongside him, you know, looking him right in the eyes and really angry and saying, you know, what is going on in the back of your truck? And so he's honking at him, and I mean, it was very aggressive. So Michael pulled over, signaled, right? They got out of traffic. And, you know, certainly my husband was on guard, but not quite certain what he was in for. And so he quickly decided he would keep himself calm no matter what happened. So he, he exited his car, the other guy exited his car, and this guy's yelling at Michael, hey, what's going on? Your junk's flying out all over your truck, and it's hitting my truck, and I'm sick and tired of people letting their junk fly all over the highway and not stopping. So first and foremost, Michael knew he was wrong. He didn't try to ignore it. He didn't try to talk the guy out of it. He didn't posture. He simply said, you know, reasonably, wow, I had no idea. I thought I strapped everything down. And he said, is there any damage to your truck? And so the man spouted, he's you know, visibly pissed off with his arms crossed in defiance, and he's ready to go to war. And Michael just said again, I really thought I strapped everything down, but I see you're right. Do you want my name and insurance info? So this man changed almost immediately. He uncrossed his arms, adjusted his ball cap, and he studied Michael to see if it was really authentic. And he sighed heavily, and he said, hey, look, I'm sorry I was such a jerk. You know, I'm from Illinois, and I'm tired of people not respecting the road. And, you know, and so they ended up being very friendly, all because Michael really controlled his side of the street. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. 
Join me in the next segment as we talk more about this principle of DEF CON. Well, welcome back. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host, and you are listening to Conversations with Cynthia. Make sure you go to the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. Any of your favorite podcast servers, you just type in Conversations with Cynthia. And you can, I, I believe I have now, I have found out like 500 podcasts. And that is amazing to me. But that is over all these different years. And so I'm so happy about finishing this book. And so I really want you to get excited about it. And I think you're going to really like it. It is truly the human manual. And it really understands and, and talks about the human condition and how much all of us really do want to get along. And if we've come to the point that we don't, it usually indicates that we've had too many bad interactions. So when we were talking about Michael and his story about, you know, he was going to the dump, he had demoed our kitchen and stuff was flying out of the truck and this guy pulls up next to him in his truck and he's about ready to, you know, launch on Michael. And the way that Michael handled it, which was very validating of the man, he was very calm, he determined to stay calm, and he said to the gentleman, do you, what's our solution, what would you like me to do? And so the guy calmed down and said, hey, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have gotten this upset. I just am sick of it. I'm sick of drivers and people throwing stuff out of the car. And, and so when he evaluated the situation, see what Michael did without even knowing it, is he evaluated the threat level around him. And he asked himself what harm could possibly come of the situation, and he responded accordingly. So he didn't intensify the problem. So you must understand and respect if you're always defensive, if you raise your defense level, you automatically trigger defensiveness in others. And they raise their defense levels. So unless they practice self-control by resisting their own physiolo physiology and relax their bodies, they're going to go to war. And see, I have seen so many people go to war over nothing, nothing. Because they're living out of the fight, flight, or freeze, the amygdala, that part of the brain that gives, gives us adrenaline to go to war with somebody. And so we're going to use DEFCON as a construct as to how to understand our own emotional threat levels and how they rise, whether consciously or subconsciously, as well as the effect on the emotional threat levels of those around us. So the principles of DEFCON really help us choose responses that we can be proud of instead of reacting out of our own immediate emotions. And we then... We, we are saved from the inevitable regret and apologies that come when we react poorly. So no matter how hurt or angry we are, we are able to maintain peaceful discourse. This doesn't mean danger. I'm not talking about that. And see, one of the things that is so important about understanding your threat levels inside of your body and your mind is to make sure you are not making something dangerous that may simply be annoying or hurtful or uncomfortable. And this is why we need to make sure that we understand what's going on inside of us and control ourselves inside versus trying to control everything outside. So we are then able to stay calm and we control ourselves, no matter how painful the content of the discussion, no matter how deeply the conversation shakes that maybe even the foundation of the relationship. So we want to respect the other person. And remember, respect doesn't mean agreement. If I respect somebody, 
It doesn't mean I respect them in a way that I want to copy what they're doing. But see, we respect fire, don't we? We respect horses. We respect tigers. We respect elephants. We respect cars that are barreling down the highway. We respect, wow, drunk drivers. It doesn't mean we respect them in a way as to revere. So we really want to make sure that we are respecting the environment that we are in so that we can appropriately respond and not create more danger. So women notice everything because they process the environment in order to connect to it. See, men, on the other hand, they enter a room and immediately evaluate the space for any perceived danger. A man across the room that stares a bit too long, he thinks, hmm, is he challenging me? What's that guy all about? Can I relax? So he's assessing whether or not there's danger in that room. Women typically assume there's no danger until there is. So as we perceive threats, we can use this interrelational DEFCON to categorize our level of relational and emotional comfort, security, or, or safety. So this is why this is so important when you learn these DEFCON levels. Now, there, there's a chart that, that the military had come up with. And I'm going to give you actually the real DEFCON chart for the United States. So the first column is it's the readiness and the condition. So DEFCON 1, okay? DEFCON 1 is considered like a cocked pistol. And the way they describe it is that nuclear war is imminent. And the readiness factor means at DEFCON 1, we are at maximum readiness to either go to war or run away. And so what's interesting is we want to think that five is the highest level of DEFCON, when actually the way the military set it up is that it's a countdown. So we go from five, four, three, two, one is nuclear. So what we want to think about is that DEFCON five, it's the lowest state of readiness. It's when we're the most relaxed. Now DEFCON four is kind of like what they call a double take. So this means we increase intelligence, we watch, and we strengthen security measures. And we're above normal in readiness. So we're kind of on guard. Now, DEFCON 3 is called roundhouse. And this means it's an increase in the force of readiness above what's required for normal readiness. So this means that at DEFCON 3, the Air Force is ready to mobilize in 15 minutes. DEFCON 2, this is the next step toward nuclear war. So the armed forces are ready to deploy and engage in fewer than six hours. DEFCON 1, that means that nuclear war is imminent. And they are, this is maximum readiness to go all out. This is live or die. So when I say to people, why are you going to DEFCON 1 over the fact they didn't return your phone call, right? DEFCON 1 is a divorce. DEFCON 1 is someone dying. DEFCON 1 is ending a, a, a business relationship. Okay, that's when we say, it's done, it's over, I will not go back. There is no reconciliation. There is nothing that we can do to, to build this back up again. I'm out. I'm done. And so this is why we need to be really aware of where we're at. See, if I'm living in DEFCON 5 and 4, that's healthy. See, at 5, I'm, I'm, I'm really just chilling. I'm having a great time. I'm ready if I need to be ready. But I'm not thinking about negative things. I'm not thinking about what's coming up. I'm not trying to protect myself. 
So we want to stay at DEFCON 5. And DEFCON 4 means, you know, I, I'm a little bit more ramped. So I'm above normal when it comes to being ready to go after somebody. And DEFCON 5 and 4, for the most part in America, we should be staying there. Because the other stuff, really, how many times have you had a gun held to your head? Probably very, very few of you in the United States have. And this is why we want to recognize that our brain doesn't know the difference between variables. It just recognizes a threat. So if there's a threat that you're feeling, it will immediately go to DEFCON 1. It's going to be ready to take whatever is making you scared, hurt, sad. It's going to take them down. And this is why I say to people, the best way to regulate this, this whole system in us is with air, with breathing. See, if I breathe in, it absorbs adrenaline, and it helps me think more clearly. So when we move from this kind of, like, let's think about international version of DEFCON to the interrelational version of DEFCON. And what we do is we clarify what each level looks like on an interpersonal basis. And so this, this book talks about, okay, at DEFCON 5, this is really characterized as a state of calm. So the person's aware of their surroundings. They're not defensive or stressed. They're living at peace. And ideally, DEFCON 5 is the default of our social workplace and romantic relationships. This, this goal is to be at DEFCON 5 the majority of time. So if you're moving away from DEFCON 5, where you're completely relaxed with the person that you're with, you're enjoying them, you're not, you know, wanting to, like, take them down, right? You want to say, I want to stay at this level. So here's what happens. This is how very intricate this can be. The person says something to you that's, I don't know, disrespectful or kind of slanderous or just impolite. See, immediately you're going to feel compelled to go to DEFCON 4. So you're going to want to defend. You're going to want to take this person on, maybe. You're going to roll your eyes. You're going to say something back to them. And this is where you want to say to yourself, do I want, I want to take a breath so that I have a moment. How do I want to respond? Because there's no danger. There's no blood. There's no broken bones. Everybody's breathing, and there's no fire. And I say this to clients repeatedly. Those four things require DEFCON 1. So why am I going to DEFCON 1 because somebody ignored me? And this is how we practice self-control. Instead of trying to control the other person so that I feel safe, I'm going to control me and I automatically feel safe because I have choices at that point. See, if I relax and I'm breathing, then I'm going to have the adult part of my brain more accessible. And the adult part of my brain is going to go, oh, this isn't even worth my time. Person's an idiot. I'm not going to take that personally. I'm going to go find a new person to talk with, right? It's that simple. But if we haven't practiced it, if we haven't learned it, if we haven't committed ourselves to that kind of self-control and regulating our own body and understanding what our body is telling us, then we'll just be animals. We'll just be doing whatever is instinctually you know, the feeling that we need. And so we're going to be following ourselves instead of guiding ourselves. So DEFCON 5, the lowest state of readiness. DEFCON 4, we're relaxed. It's a state of calm. 
maybe hints of instability. Maybe it calls for increased, you know, intelligence gathering, heightened awareness. But what does it look like when you shift from five to four? So think about this. You're, you're enjoying your coffee break in the company restaurant. You're at DEFCON 5. You're taking a break. You become aware of a person entering, and you notice that they're agitated. So your senses are kind of heightened, and you now consciously assess the external world. That means you've moved to a different DEFCON level. So I hope this has been helpful for you. I'm really excited about this book, and we will keep you certainly posted about all these things. And so I want you to remind yourself this is a choice process, that this book is about how I make choices so that I can have the life that I want to have, so that I can have the experience with the people I love or people I've just met or people that are difficult. I can have really a pretty decent experience with any human. And this way, I'm more in control of me, and I'm not controlling my outside world. See, this is the difference. If you've, heard, if you've listened to the show at all, you've heard me talk about children need an adult to control their environment so they're safe. They depend on the adult to make them safe. Adults, on the other hand, control their insides so they're safe. And we can tolerate all kinds of things in a negative environment because we can leave at any time. So this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so excited about this book. And I want you, you please email me, post something, and we can make sure that you get more information about when this is released. And I look forward to talking to you next week. We hope this past hour has been encouraging, motivating, and inspiring to you. The messages and teachings shared during the show are given as a way to reach you, the listener, with ideas and insights on how you may not only improve your life, but have more successful and meaningful relationships as you become the best version of you. Cynthia is available as a keynote speaker or guest speaker for your corporate or spiritual events. Cynthia is able to customize a message for any audience attending a meeting, retreat, or conference. In addition to this, she oftentimes partners her messages with music as she is a singer and musician. Please contact her through her website at CynthiaHyatt.com. If you missed any part of this program, you can download the most current show from her website at CynthiaHyatt.com or hear a replay on your favorite podcast server. Please take a moment to visit her Facebook page at Cynthia Hyatt Incorporated and leave your ideas and comments about today's show. Now, be your own best version. Be